nearer to God. Is that your heart's desire this morning? We have come to church. We have come here to this place to draw near to the Father. I am excited. I have gotten to draw near twice already, and uh, here we are again for the third time. Doug said, yeah, you'll be preaching three times. And I said, man, I've never done that. He said, that's all right. You'd do it. He said, just keep it in 20, 25 minutes. I said, Doug, I've never done that either. <clears throat> most of the time it's 40, 45. He said, well, you know, most pastors won't invite you back if you go over there a lot of time. I said, is that a threat? And uh, so I kept, it, I kept it within the ballpark, didn't I? First couple. Uh, but you're the third service, so we get to go as long as we want, right? We don't have anybody on the backside. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to draw near to the Father. We're going to get into God's Word, and I believe God has a Word for us today. I believe God really does want to speak to us, His children, to us, the body of Christ, His church. Um, My name is Kevin. If you don't uh, know who I am, I see many faces I recognize, many that I don't. It's been a decade since Christina and I were here with you. At that point in time, we had two kids, Bryce and Cale. Now we have five. We've added Grace, Jude, and Catherine. And so uh, life's busy. Uh, The house is full of noise and action all the time. And so it's fun. It's good. We're glad to be in Oklahoma. Uh, We were in North Africa most recently. Uh, We were there in the middle of the COVID crisis and all of the lockdown stuff. And um, six weeks we sat there in lockdown. And over there it was really, really a lockdown. I'm talking martial law in the evenings and everything else. So it was kind of crazy. But while we were over there, my wife's immune system was compromised. And so we were really in a difficult situation. There were only 50 respirators available in the country where we were at. And so we knew we needed to get out at all, if at all possible, we needed to find our way out of the country. But there was no way out. I mean, there was no flights coming in and no flights going out. And uh, Europe was locked down, America was locked down, and the United States repatriation flight had already happened. It, it had happened, and yeah, we missed it, and so we were, we were there. We were kind of stuck in a corner. What do we do, Lord? And we were asking him, what's the way forward? What do we do? And um, believe God said, be ready, just be ready. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. God's way forward. You know, we all have different situations in our life where we're asking God, what is the next step? How do I move forward? And Joshua, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 6 today, a very familiar story to many of you. This is uh, the scene at Jericho. I'm reluctant to call it the battle of Jericho as we are used to hearing it called because there really is no battle. And we'll look at that today. Joshua chapter 6. A little bit of background. Moses is dead Uh, The people of Israel have left the wilderness wandering. They have crossed the Jordan under Joshua's leadership. They've been consecrated through circumcision. They have celebrated the Passover together. Joshua, in chapter 5, was met with the commander of the Lord's army. He fell down, worshipped at the commander's feet, took off his sandals, just like Moses did at the burning bush, for he was in the presence of God himself. And yet Joshua finds himself with Jericho before him. The waters of the Jordan closed up behind him. There was only one way, and it was forward. But how was Joshua going to get there? What was Joshua going to do? Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, we'll read the first seven verses. It says this, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. 
And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city and all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every one straight before him. So, verse 6, Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today on this day of rest, the Sabbath day. And Lord, we We come to you seeking that rest. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We pray that as we meet together as the body of Christ, you would feed us from your word. Holy Spirit, that you would show us what you have, that you would speak to our hearts today and that we would be changed when we leave this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What is God's way forward? What is God's way forward? I love how this starts out. You know, we could, we could easily miss this first little piece here. It says, And the Lord said to Joshua, in verse 2, The Lord said to Joshua, which implies what? Joshua was listening to the Lord. Joshua had his ears open and attentive to the voice of God. And God says, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. God's voice is our strategy. In whatever situation we find ourselves in life, any circumstance, difficult, easy, small, or big, wherever we find ourselves, the things that are going through our mind, the thoughts that are are racing through, spinning around in our head, decisions that we need to make, as we think about how to move forward in any of that, the first point is this, God's voice is our strategy. Now, it doesn't sound like much of a strategy, does it? There's not a whole lot of tangibleness to sitting and listening, but that's the point. You see, God is the one who has the answer. See, God knows the way forward in our situation for everything that we face. We have to listen. Who do we typically listen to? When when we've got a situation going on in our life, we want to know what other people have to say, don't we? And so we ask friends, we ask family, we ask parents, we ask everybody what we should do. We try to get everybody's advice. We kind of add it all up and then make our best decision at times based on what other people are saying. Uh, Other times, our our default is to just do it. We just we just make decisions. We just plow through. We kind of use our our gut feeling about things and we move forward in our own wisdom. And oftentimes, our own strength. Those are our defaults, and, and even getting the opinion of others isn't a bad thing. Proverbs tells us to seek the counsel of the wise. It's a, what a wise man does. But listen, our primary strategy has to be the voice of God. God wants to pour into us. He wants to speak to us about everything going on in our life. And we see the pattern in the book of Joshua. When Joshua listens to the voice of God, there is success And Joshua knows exactly what to do. He knows how to proceed. When he doesn't, things fall apart and things don't work very well. 
The same was true with Moses, right? When he sought the Lord, things went well. When he went on his own, things didn't go so well. David, the same story. We could go through Scripture and point out every time God's people are listening to his voice and walk forward in obedience, God shows up. God shows up for his people. And the opposite is true. When we ignore the voice of God, when we go at it on our own, use our best wisdom or the opinions of others, things typically don't work out so well, do they? You know it. You've heard the voice of God before, haven't you? When God speaks into your life and he gives you wisdom in a situation, what comes, what floods your heart? Confidence. Peace. Right? But when you're not seeking God, what what floods your heart? Anxiety. Uncertainty. Doubt as you try to move forward. Right? The voice of God matters. There was a a situation a couple years ago. I was at a church here in Oklahoma on staff, and we got word. We got word that this organization called the Satanic Temple was going to be coming to town. And this is a real organization. They're here in Oklahoma City. They're pretty much everywhere. And they go into a city, and they target churches. They try to disrupt and harass and uh, really just frustrate any churches in town. And we heard that they were targeting this city that that I was living in, and that they were going to buy this church that was just adjacent, I mean, right next door to our church. Uh, And they were targeting that place so that they could set up camp against our church. I mean, it was crazy. And we had some good information that they were in the process of doing this. And the church next door, it was, I wouldn't really call it a church, but it was a church building. It was from, it was a Christian science church formerly. And uh, just to be clear, that is not Christian as we know it nothing Christian about it, but they had left, and now the church was open for sale. And so we, we just sought God. We fasted. We prayed four or five days. We were just seeking God about how do we move forward in this. We're going to have to spend a chunk of change to buy this if you want us to buy it, God, but we really don't know. What is your will in this situation? And one day as we were praying through it, we felt like we were supposed to go see a city official. And so me and another church member, we went and we met with a city official who also happened to be a, a pastor in town. And we kind of told him the situation. We told him that the, this group was targeting Bartlesville, that they were looking to buy this place next to our church. And as he listened, um, he said, you know what? This morning I was spending time uh, with the Lord, and here's what God gave me this morning. Revelation chapter 3, verse 9. Behold... I will make those of the synagogue of Satan. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. And we listened to that, and immediately we knew what to do. We knew we were to go purchase that building. And we walked out of there. We went to the realtor. We said, we're ready to sign. And we purchased that building. That was 8 o'clock on a Monday morning. At 11 o'clock, the realtor gets a call from the satanic temple, and they say, hey, we're ready to purchase that building. And the realtor said, you're about three hours too late. It's already been sold. And today, right now, as we speak, there's a Hispanic church plant singing praises and hearing the word of God preach this very morning. God is good. All we have to do is listen to the voice of God to know the way forward. Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep know my voice. They hear it. I know them and they follow me. 
Do you believe that you can hear the voice of God, church? Yes. You know how I know you can hear the voice of God? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you've at least heard it once, right? You have been saved. You have heard the message of salvation through the Holy Spirit of God, from the Word of God, from a messenger of God, and you responded to his voice at that very time. That's the voice of God. You know what it sounds like. Jesus said we know what it sounds like. All we have to do is listen. I was talking to a man in the Middle East who grew up in the Middle East. He was an American, but he was a a missionary kid, and he grew up there, and he would go out to the countryside in Lebanon, and he would just watch uh, the countryside, he'd watch the shepherds, and there was this big feeding area where they would come and feed, and then they would also come to this pond and drink water. And as they would come, all of these shepherds would come at one time, and the sheep would come around the water, and they would, all the sheep were like mixed up from the different shepherds. And this American young boy is thinking, how in the world are they going to get these sheep back to the right shepherd? And uh, So he just began to watch. After about an hour, it was time to go. The shepherds kind of stopped talking, and one shepherd stood up, and he made a sound. And his sheep split off from the pack and followed him. The next shepherd stood up, and he made a sound, and his sheep separated from the pack and followed him off. And the same thing, shepherd after shepherd. See, the sheep knew the voice of their shepherd, and they followed. Church, that is what we are to do. God's voice is our strategy. Number two, God's desire is our obedience. Did you see Joshua? You see what he did? Without hesitation, verse 6. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant. Let the seven priests bear the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward. March around the city and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, thus they did. He didn't hesitate. Now, we've got to back up for a second. We've heard this story, those of us who have been in the church at least, since we were little bitty, right? It just seems normal. Well, yeah, of course he obeyed God. That was, why wouldn't he? Joshua was a general. He was a fighting man. The generals underneath him were fighting men. The troops under them were ready for battle. They knew what it was to fight. This was not fighting. This was not a strategy to overcome a fortified city. What God said made absolutely no sense whatsoever. None of his generals would have come up with this plan. None of them would have said, Joshua, I think what we need to do here is walk around the city for a few days. Nobody talk. We're going to be silent for seven days. And on day seven, we're going to go seven times because that makes a lot of sense. We're going to do that. And then God's going to show up and and the walls are going to fall down. No. No, it's irrational. But Joshua doesn't hesitate. Even in the midst of looking foolish, Even in the midst of looking irrational, Joshua starts giving commands. So Joshua called the priests and he said to them, take up the ark. Then he said to the people, go forward. And Joshua commanded the people to do as the Lord said. See, obedience is all we have, church. Obedience is all we have. Obeying God's voice is an act of faith 
that forces us to depend on him and not ourselves. See, that's what God was all about right here. It wasn't going to be the strength of Joshua, the leader. It wasn't going to be the strength of the army. It was going to be the power of God on display. And therefore, he had to set the leader. He had to set the people aside. What if God's guidance differs from man's methods? You still obey? What if God flips the script in your life? What if he just turns it upside down? You're seeking God, you're following God, and all of a sudden, God shifts. Either God redirects you, or God says something specifically to you that changes the course. See, faith is required to follow God. Without faith, it is impossible to please our Heavenly Father. That's why he likes doing things like this, things that don't make a whole lot of sense. Why? Because we've got to trust him. We've got to step out in faith and believe that God is going to show up. Not in our strength, not in our power, but in his power. What's the next step for you? Are you thinking about your job? Are you thinking about your children? Maybe kids schooling, maybe adoption. Are you thinking about this whole COVID chaos situation? Are you thinking about how to serve in the church? Are you thinking about how to share your faith with someone near you, friend, family member, and asking God, how do I move forward in these things? What's the next step? Some of you, it might be a sin that you can't overcome, a sin that is just under your skin and repeating all of the time. And you're thinking, God, help me out. Get me out. What is the way forward? I remember sitting there in North Africa just a few weeks ago, and you know, I told God I'm ready. Like you told us to be ready, God, I'm ready. We're, we're just waiting on you. You've got to get a plane and get us out, even though it was impossible. I mean, the only thing coming in and out of the country was like bananas and oranges, you know, only food in and out of the country at this time. Everything was locked down. And I remember praying one day and I was thinking, Lord, I, I feel like we're ready, but you are kind of slowing things up for whatever reason. And he said, well, are you ready? And I said, yes, I just told you I'm ready. Then I felt like God said, are you packed? I said, well, I'm not that ready. And he said, well, then get up and go get ready. Pack. And I was like, okay. So I gathered the family together, and I said, family, it's, it's time for us to go pack our bags for America. And I remember Christina looking at me thinking, my husband has lost it. COVID has finally reached my husband. He, he has <clears throat> gone insane. And I said, no, no, no. Even if it's an offering of faith, we're going to give it to God. And we're just going to go pack our bags and be obedient to what he's told us to do. And so we did. We turned on some worship music and we went and packed our bags. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that God oftentimes forces us into situations so that we have no choice but to look to him. No choice but to obey. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declare the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts and my ways above your ways. How far are his thoughts and his ways above ours? As far as the heavens are away from the earth. Anybody know how far that is? That's a long way. I don't know the exact dimension 
but that is a long way, church. Like God might really test us by asking us to do things or putting us in different situations where we can only obey, where we can listen, get his guidance, and then step out in the obedience of faith. God's voice is our strategy. God's desire is our obedience. And lastly, God's power is our victory. God's power is our victory. We see that so clearly in Joshua's case. I mean, here they are walking around the city. The Ark of the Covenant is going around and around. They're blowing the ram's horn. They do it day after day. Everybody is silent. There is a fasting from speaking for seven days. Had to have been an eerie feeling inside of Jericho, not hearing anything out there but footsteps and horns. And then on the seventh day, verse 20, drop down to verse 20. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. God's power is our victory. It says the wall fell down flat. You know the wall of Jericho. It's about six to seven feet thick. It's 17 feet high. Around the wall on the outer side, there was a ditch that was 27 feet wide and nine feet deep that was dug out of almost solid rock. I mean, this was, this was a very difficult place to attack a difficult place to overcome. But God overcame. But I want us to notice what God did. It says it fell down flat. Now, in siege warfare, which is what this situation would have been, when you have a city that's completely locked up from the inside and the outside, you have two options. One, you can starve them out. You can just wait it out and see if they run out of supplies and can't survive any longer. And and so then you go in and win. The other strategy is to breach the wall. You've seen Lord of the Rings enough times to know that you just need a crack to exploit, to get in and take out the city. And um, I wonder how often we're praying for a breach in our life, in our situation. We're just praying for a a narrow gap that God would just kind of open the door ever so slightly, that God would just show us a glimpse of himself. God, please, we're just, oh, all I need is a breach. I think God's ready for a complete teardown. I think God's ready to show up in a way that would surprise us and surprise everybody else around us. And that's exactly what he does here at Jericho. It says that wall six feet wide, six feet deep, falls down flat to the ground, so much so that every man who's circling the wall can enter straight from where he's at. That means the whole thing came down, church. That means the whole thing was raised to the ground. What are you praying for? What are you asking for? What breakthrough are you looking for? How are you moving forward? Are you hearing the voice of God? Are you obeying in faith? God's power is ready to be poured out. So we're sitting there in North Africa. Bags are packed. Day one goes by, nothing. Day two goes by, nothing again. Day three, day four, day five. And at this point I'm thinking, well, at least it was an offering to the Lord. And then we get, we get word that the Spanish consulate might be flying some Spaniards out of the country. And so I make a call. This is on a Thursday. That plane is supposed to fly out 
the next day on Friday, and I say, hey, we're this American family. I've got five kids. Any chance you could get us on this plane? And the lady, she just, she, she doesn't know us at all. Never met us. She said, let me see what I can do. And, and she's the head of the Spanish consulate. And so she calls back at 8.30 and she said, you know what? I've called the United States government in America. I've called Madrid. I've called uh, Germany because that was going to be our onward flight. And I've got a humanitarian exemption for you all the way through. All the way through. It's ready to go. The only problem is you have to pay for these tickets in euros from a Spanish bank account. And I thought to myself, well, that seals the deal. And she said, but I know you can't do that. I know that you can't do that, so I'm going to pay for your tickets. And I reminded her, I said, we have five kids. That's seven tickets in total. And she said, yeah, 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 that's okay. I just want to get you where you need to be. I said, ma'am, you don't even know who we are. She said, yeah, you know, at, at some point in time, if you feel like paying me back and you can pay me back, you can, you can wire me the money. I said, okay, sounds good. And about an hour later, we get all of our tickets via email back to the States from this lady. The next day at one o'clock, we're on a plane, having not spent a single dime, the only American, seven of us, which is logistically really challenging, going all the way back to America when everything was in the middle of total lockdown. And I remember thinking, God, you are powerful. Man, God, you are worthy of glory and praise. And that's what God wants. You see, God loves, loves this. This this whole scene is what God longs for in our life and in the life of his church. He wants us just to stop and listen. He wants to speak into us. He wants to speak into our situation, our family, our life. And he wants us to obey. And when we do, when those two things happen, get ready. Because the power of God is going to show up. There is going to be breakthrough. There is going to be glory. There is going to be the presence of God. There is going to be hope in hopeless situations. God is going to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. And for some of you today, I know you're sitting here thinking, you know, Kevin, you know, my biggest thing right now is sin, you know. God, I I don't know Jesus. I've I've not come to saving faith. And the, the wall in my life is my sin. And I would agree with you. That wall in your life is sin. And you might think, well, that wall is too big for God to handle. And you know what? The news for you today is it is not. God is able. Scripture says that God loves you so much that he sent his only son to this earth just to die for you. He sent Jesus here to die on a cross for your sins. That wall that you see in your life, he wants to tear down. He did so on the cross by dying in your place. He poured out his blood for us. Jesus really died, and he was raised again on the third day to prove that he was God himself, and only God can forgive sin. Remember Jesus, when that paralytic is before him, and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, and everybody starts questioning him, saying, who can forgive sins? And Jesus said, okay, you want to see that I have the power to forgive sins? Go ahead, stand up and walk. And he makes this paralyzed man walk. He wants to do the same thing in your life. He can forgive your sin, and he wants to forgive your sin. And you're thinking, well, you know, it, it's, it's too much. Maybe he could take care of a little bit. No, he wants to tear that wall down. He wants to draw you to himself. He wants you to know the heavenly father. He wants you to know that peace that passes understanding, that you will have eternal life 
when you die and that you can have abundant life right here and now as you walk with him. But you know what it's going to take? It's going to take surrender. It's going to take you listening to the voice of God here today saying, come, come. Are you willing to surrender and obey and give your life to the Savior this morning? Because the Savior is calling. He loves you. How much does he love you? Well, I'd say probably about as high as the heavens are above the earth. Something like that. His ways are much higher. His thoughts so much greater. Would you come to him today? Believer, as you hear the word of God today, I wonder if we have forgotten the voice of God. You know, it's not uncommon. We see it all through Scripture. Even these faithful men that we read about and we preach about, they often forget. So it's not past us to forget, to stop and listen to the voice of God in every situation in our life so that we would know how to move forward, not our way, His way. How do we go forward? You love talking to your kids, right? Those of you who are parents. You love hearing their voice. Our Heavenly Father loves hearing our voice. And He loves to speak to us. Do you believe it, church? Do you believe it? Then let's listen. Let's listen well. Because God's ready to speak. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for your love. Thank you for the kindness you show us in salvation, God, but not just in salvation, but in walking with us thereafter. Thank you for the practice of your presence. Thank you for the nearness of your voice. Thank you for the fact that we are not alone in any situation we find ourselves, but you stand ready to give a word through Scripture, through prayer, Father, we pray for the strength to obey. No matter what you say, no matter if it makes sense to us or not, we pray that you'd help us to step out in faith in obedience to you. Lord, and we long to see your power displayed so that we can praise you and so that the world around us can look upon us and say, wow, that's a God I want to serve. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.